Welcome to Our Bell Ministries podcast. I'm your host, Mark Whitehead. Today we're going to finish our look at Numbers chapter 28 together and also look at Numbers chapter 29. The title of this podcast is How Jesus Fulfilled the Festivals. In Numbers 28, in our last podcast, we, we looked at burnt offerings. We talked about how Jesus was our burnt offering. But, but Paul seems to say that every follower of Jesus is to be a burnt offering daily for the Lord. So we began looking at all of the offerings God wanted from his people. He wanted offerings every morning and every evening. He wanted offerings every Sabbath. He wanted offerings at the beginning of every month. As we continue our study, we're going to begin by looking at the second half of Numbers 28 and all of Numbers 29. It's in these chapters that God lays out seven festivals that He wanted His people to observe. Many times Christians really haven't spent a lot of time examining these festivals. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, but I want us to understand the importance of studying these festivals. We can learn so much from them. So Numbers 28, verses 16 through 25, God gives His instructions for Passover, Pesach, and also the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is Matzah. So let's look at verses 16 and 17 together of Numbers chapter 28. Here's what it says. Then on the 14th day of the first month shall be the Lord's Passover. On the 15th day of the month shall be a feast. Unleavened bread shall be eaten for seven days. So Passover was the first festival on God's calendar. It was in the spring, which, you know, March or April. And it began this week-long celebration of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Passover was one of the most important festivals of the year. Why? Because the people thought about how God delivered them from Egypt. So every day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, all seven days, the people would offer burnt offerings, equivalent of their monthly offerings. At the end of the eighth day of celebration of Passover in the, in the Feast of Unleavened Bread, 66 lambs, 14 bulls, seven rams, seven goats, seven and a half bushels of fine flour, over 25 gallons of olive oil, and one half gallon of wine was offered. A, an enormous offering. Don't miss that Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection occurred during the celebration of Passover and unleavened bread. Jesus fulfilled the Passover and unleavened bread sacrifice. The bread of life died to be our unleavened bread. So at the Last Supper, he tells his disciples to eat the unleavened bread in remembrance of him. We are to remember that he is our unleavened bread sacrifice every time we take the Lord's Supper. So there's one festival that we read about in Leviticus 23 in verses 9 through 14 that's not included in the list of in Numbers 28, and it's, it's the Feast of First Fruits. It's two days after Passover. So this was the celebration of the beginning of the barley harvest. It was, it was a time to thank God for His goodness in bringing life from the earth. So during the temple period, the high priest would take the first sheaves of barley 
And he would wave them to the Lord and pray, Lord, God of Israel, thank you for the beginning of this year's harvest. We offer to you the first fruits of this year's harvest. Lord, accept the first fruits, the beginning and the best of the harvest. Oh Lord, accept us, your people, and please bring in the rest of the harvest. Paul says that Jesus is our first fruits. He fulfilled this offering. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 says that Jesus was the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. He is the first and best of the harvest. He's the model for what the rest of the harvest is supposed to look like. Don't miss that. The day we call Resurrection Sunday happened on the Feast of First Fruits. Jesus was raised as the first fruit of the harvest that is to come. Numbers 28, verses 26 through 31, we see God's instruction for the Feast of Weeks, Shavuot. Today, we often call it a different name, Pentecost. That's the Greek name of the holiday. The Hebrew name is Shavuot. It's the first fruits of the wheat harvest. So at Passover, there's a first fruits of the barley harvest. Shavuot, there's a first fruit of the wheat harvest. If you look at Leviticus 23, you see that um, they were to make two loaves of bread and wave them as their wave offering during this feast. Do you, do you think God wanted it to be with or without leaven? If you think about it, do you think God wanted that, that bread that you waved at this harvest to be with or without leaven? You're probably thinking without because leaven represents sin. Well, actually... He wanted it to be with leaven. Why? Yes, lin, excuse me, leaven represents sin in the Bible, but it was a reminder that the best they could offer God would still be imperfect. That's why Romans 5, 8 says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. None of us are perfect, but God still loves us anyway. And every year, God wanted his people to remember that. The other thing that was celebrated on Shavuot was God's giving of the Ten Commandments. And we know that because in the Dead Sea Scrolls, we see that the Jews of Jesus' day absolutely believed that Shavuot was the day Moses was given the law at Mount Sinai. We'll discuss that in, in a few minutes about why that's important. But at this point, I want us to transition into Numbers 29. See, know that all of the spring festivals have been fulfilled by Jesus. But the fall festivals haven't been fulfilled yet. And we need to pay close attention to Numbers 29 and these three festivals because they can give us major clues as to what's to come. So the next holiday on God's calendar is the Feast of Trumpets. That's found in Numbers chapter 29, verses 1 through 6. Let's take a quick peek at verses 1 and 2 of Numbers 29 together. It says this, Now in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall also have a holy convocation. You shall do no laborious work. It will be to you a day for blowing trumpets. You shall offer a burnt offering as a soothing aroma to the Lord, one bull, one ram, and seven male lambs, one year old without defect. 
This begins the fall festivals. This, this was later called Rosh Hashanah. It happened on the first day of the seventh month. So the Feast of Trumpets began with this blowing of a shofar. And it's a ram's horn. In ancient Israel, there were many reasons for the blowing of a shofar. Now pay attention to the reasons why shofar was blown. If there was danger, the shofar was blown. If if important information was being proclaimed, the shofar was blown. If people were gathering for an appointed time or a special event, the shofar was blown. If the people were preparing for battle, the shofar was blown. If the king was coming to visit a town, the shofar was blown. If a new king was being crowned or a new high priest was being appointed, the shofar was blown. If a bridegroom arrives to claim his bride, the shofar was blown. Now think about this. What happens when Jesus comes back? There is a blowing of a shofar. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 to 52 say this, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. Listen to 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 16 through 18. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, and the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead will will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Finally, Matthew chapter 24, verses 29 through 31. But immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from the sky and the powers of the heavens will be shaken and the sign of the son of man will appear in the sky and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they, sh- they will see the son of man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory and he will send forth his angels a great trumpet And they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. Do you understand what happens at Jesus' return? He fulfills every single reason a shofar is blown. He comes back as our king. He comes back as our high priest. He comes back as our bridegroom. He comes to declare the final battle is beginning. He comes to fulfill the Feast of Trumpets. Numbers 29, verses 7 through 15, we read about the Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur. This takes place 10 days after the Feast of Trumpets. See, rabbis teach that every Jew must repent in the 10 days between the Feast of Trumpets and Yom Kippur. These 10 days are called the Days of Awe, and they are intense. They are filled with prayer and self-reflection. It's a time when relationships are to be restored. Forgiveness is to be offered and reconciliation is to be sought. Why is it so intense? Well, according to this tradition, if you do not repent during those 10 days, God will blot your name out of the book of life. And sometime during the coming year, 
you might die. This is the day for judgment. This is the day for atoning, and this is the day for cleansing. Now, the actual day of Yom Kippur is a day of fasting. No work is to be done on Yom Kippur. Listen to Numbers chapter 29, verse 7. Then on the 10th day of this seventh month, you shall have a holy convocation, and you shall humble yourselves. You shall not do any work. So they're, they're to come together on Yom Kippur for a holy convocation. It was the one day a year that the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies. What would happen if he were unclean in God's presence? He would die. Do you see how Yom Kippur is the picture of judgment as we stand before the Lord? See, we must be clean in His presence. And that only happens if our sin has been dealt with by the blood of Jesus. The final festival on God's calendar that we read about in verses 16 through 38 is the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths. The other name for it is Sukkot. It lasts eight days, and it was filled with joy. One interesting thing about this feast is the number of animals sacrificed during this eight-day celebration. See, it starts with 12 young bulls, two rams, and 14 male lambs. And each day, one less bull is sacrificed. And by the end of this celebration, there were 21 bulls, 15 rams, and 122 lambs sacrificed as burnt offerings. This must be a special feast for the Lord if He's going to ask for these type of sacrifices. But what did this feast celebrate? Well, the Feast of Tabernacles was a a time to remember how God protected His people during the 40 years in the wilderness. During that time, the people lived in tents or Sukkot, is the Hebrew word for that. And during this celebration, the Jews were expected to build their own Sukkot and reflect on how God had given His presence, protection, and provision during these 40 years in the wilderness. So in Zechariah 14, we find that the day is coming in which all nations will celebrate Sukkot as we are with Him. See, right now, We are all living in our temporary home. That's a reminder of Sukkot. One day, we will be in our permanent home. Are we living for that day? In in Numbers 28, we discussed that Numbers 28 and 29 focused on the priestly function of these festivals, right? We, We talked about that in the last podcast. All told, every year, the priests would have to sacrifice, listen to this, 113 bulls, 32 rams, and 1,086 lambs. They would offer more than a ton of flour and a 1,000 bottles of oil and wine. Now, which animal was sacrificed more than any other? It was the lamb. So it's no surprise how Jesus, excuse me, how John the Baptist spoke of Jesus. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, John 1, 29. No wonder God wanted so many lambs sacrificed for sin. They pointed to Jesus, who was the perfect lamb. 
So as we finish this podcast together, let's let's walk through each of these seven festivals, and I want us to discuss the meaning of each. I want to put all of them together so you see the fullness of why this is so important. Passover, March or April, celebrates the deliverance from bondage in Egypt. Jesus is our perfect lamb who delivers us from the bondage of sin. He was killed on the day that celebrated deliverance from bondage. Five days before Passover was Lamb Selection Sunday. Did you know that? On that day, Jesus comes into Jerusalem. We call it the triumphal entry. Why were there so many people there in Jerusalem on that day? It was because that was the day they were to go to the temple and pick out the family lamb that would be sacrificed. And Jesus comes in on that day saying, pick me, pick me. Then he was slaughtered on Passover with all the other lambs. Number two, the festival of unleavened bread. This is in March or April. This is that festival that thanks God for giving us bread out of the earth. Jesus is our bread of life. He was buried in the ground on the day that his people celebrated God giving bread from the ground. Third, the offering of first fruits. The offering of first fruits. The first fruits of the spring harvest were offered at the temple. As the high priest was waving his first fruits of the barley harvest at the temple. Don't miss this picture. God was raising Jesus as our first fruits. 1 Corinthians 15, 23. On that very day. Next, the festival of weeks. That's 50 days after first fruits. Other names for that is Shavuot or Pentecost. This celebrates Moses coming down from Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments. Remember what happened when Moses came down with the commandments. God's people were worshiping a golden calf. And the Bible says 3,000 people were struck dead on that day, Exodus 32, 28. Now listen, on the very same day during the year of Jesus' death, 3,000 people were saved. That's Acts 2.41. On the day his people were celebrating the law, they were given the Holy Spirit, which released us from living under the law, so that we could instead live under the Spirit. That's Galatians 5.18. Number five, the festival of trumpets. The other name for that is Rosh Hashanah. This celebrates the beginning of the civil new year and a shofar is blown as the announcement is made that judgment day is coming. See, one day Jesus will return for his children. And at the sound of a trumpet, here's what it says in the Bible, 1 Thessalonians, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the archangel's voice and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. So don't be surprised if it all falls on the day of Rosh Hashanah, as our Savior hasn't missed a festival yet. You realize that, right? Our Savior, our Messiah, has not missed a festival yet. Rosh Hashanah is the day of judgment. So think about Jesus. He entered on Lamb Selection Sunday. 
He was killed on Passover. He was planted in the ground on unleavened bread. He was raised on first fruits. He sent the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. The next feast to be fulfilled is Rosh Hashanah. Number six, the Day of Atonement. The other name is Yom Kippur. This is the day to atone for the sins of the entire nation of Israel as the high priest enters the most holy place and makes an offering. This is, the, this is just a, a very solemn day as his people pray and fast because they realize that this is the day of judgment. A day is coming when we will be judged before our Heavenly Father. Listen to 2 Corinthians 5. Therefore, we also have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Are we living our lives in light of the final day of atonement? Last, number seven, the feast of of tabernacles. The other name is Sukkot. This day celebrates God's provision during the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. It's also a time of looking toward a greater exodus that is to come. Because a day is coming when we will be involved in in an amazing exodus. On that day, we will be with our heavenly Father in our forever home. Revelation 21, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth passed away and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God made ready as a bride adorned for a husband. I cannot wait for that day. I can't wait for that day that I'm celebrating with him in his presence all the time. Because that's why I think God gave us these festivals as a reminder year after year of who He is and what He's done, but also to be looking toward that day that we'll be with Him forever. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Guys, it's, it's an honor to walk through numbers with you. As always, if you have any questions, reach out to me. You can reach out to me by, by, by email, rbellministries at gmail.com. Go to our website, rbellministries.com. On there, we have trips. You can come to Israel with me, go on mission trips with me. But if you have any concerns or questions, please reach out. I'd also ask if you're enjoying this podcast to share it with others, like it and share it so God can get the glory. Look forward to our next time together, and we'll see you then.